Welcome to 5-Minute Reasons, where we explore and debate your reasons behind some of the most foundational, astonishing, or controversial claims of our time. Episode 2, Humans Can Choose to Have Free Will. At first glance, this seems impossible. The principle of sufficient reason states that everything must have a reason or cause. After all, it seems that things happen for a reason. And even if they don't happen for a reason, then they happen without a reason. Or in other words, they happen arbitrarily. So it seems that something is either causing me to want the things that I want, or my wants are arbitrary. For example, if I choose to play basketball, it's because I want to play basketball. But what is the reason for my want? And what is the reason for that reason? There's always something compelling me to want the things that I want, possibly my physical makeup, my upbringing, or environmental factors. So it seems certain that I therefore have no free will, as there is always a reason other than myself for my choices, or my choices are merely made arbitrarily. But there's a fundamental flaw in this way of thinking, because there's some truths that humans can't know by mere reason. Or I should say that there are some truths that humans can't know, as it was 18th century epistemologist Immanuel Kant, who was one of the many philosophers who are known for asserting that free will is something that must first be presumed for a reason to operate. Similar to how a painter must presume the existence of the paints before painting, so too must the rational creature presume the existence of free will before reasoning. So how do humans choose to have free will? We choose to have free will in two ways. First, through the act of reason, and second, by coming closer to our ultimate goodness. In regard to freeing ourselves through the act of reason, humans can have the ability to turn off our reason and merely act on our desires, and so become a slave to the desires which we did not choose for ourselves. By merely acting on our desires without using our reason, we become like a log floating down the river whose movement is at the mercy of the river. But it is not the nature of a human being to be a mere object of environmental forces. So when we employ our free will through reason, we act in accord with our nature and our ultimate goodness, and we can decide which desires and actions will further lead to that ultimate goodness. It is in coming closer to obtaining our ultimate goodness which ultimately makes us free. We become free in this way because freedom is measured by the closeness something is to obtaining its flourishing. For example, one would not say that locking a tree behind bars limits the tree's freedom, as being locked behind bars does not limit a tree's flourishing. It is not in the nature of a tree to walk around. But tying the tree's limbs down so it can't reach the sunlight would be limiting its freedom, because being able to grow and reach the sunlight has a pro profound effect on a tree's flourishing. For humans, this flourishing is what Roman philosopher Cicero calls the summum bonum, or the ultimate good for the individual. It is what all decisions, good or bad, strive to reach. For example, perhaps today I choose to eat a vitamin. Eating a vitamin is not an end in itself, but a means to better health, and better health is yet only a means to an even greater good, such as being able to fully function, which is also a means in itself to an even greater good. The ultimate end of these means is the ultimate good. And so the will is naturally fixed on this ultimate good, but the human chooses the means, wisely or poorly, which he or she thinks will help reach that ultimate good. The ancient Greeks called the ultimate good eudaimonia, 
which is the perfect happiness and flourishing of the human being. Some Buddhists might call this nirvana. For Hindus, it might be called moksha. And for Christians, this is the closeness to God, who is defined as the source of goodness, and for which we are by nature made to love and be loved by. The habits that free us to become closer to our ultimate goodness are called virtues, and the habits that bind us from our ultimate goodness are called vices. For example, habitually practicing the piano is likely to lead one to be free to be able to play the piano. However, we know that mere skill, wealth, fame, power is not ultimate goodness, as these have all been tried and failed, as they neither last nor ultimately satisfy. However, any limited human flourishing offers a glimpse of our ultimate freedom and ultimate flourishing. In conclusion, free will must be presumed in order to use it, and we can choose to have free will by being the master of our desires through reason, but more importantly, by coming closer to our ultimate goodness and flourishing. Whatever that true path is to our ultimate flourishing is that which will set us free. If you uh, disagree, we welcome you to record a five-minute audio recording of your own, rebutting these arguments, and send it to us at 5minutereasons at gmail.com. That's the number 5minutereasons at gmail.com. As long as you keep your audio recording to five minutes or less, we'd like to post your response to the 5-Minute Reasons podcast. We might respond with a short 5-minute argument of our own, but we'll respond once and only once, so to always give you the last word if you would like to send us a last and final 5-minute response. Thank you for tuning in and listening to today's 5-Minute Reasons, and I look forward to hearing from you hopefully soon.